Today on Here's the Deal, I am sitting down with David Pennington, who's a fellow entrepreneur and business owner whose business is built around his copywriting, content development, and creative direction expertise. So I have actually been working with Dave for about six months. We've known each other for quite a long time, and he's got a real gift. And like I said, he coaches people on how to improve their writing. So if you are looking to improve your writing because you are the one who is putting out your social media posts, your blog posts, your emails, I think you're going to find this podcast extremely helpful. Dave tells us about his background and how we move from working from someone else to now working for himself. And he gives you some really great tips that you can improve your writing today. Some simple things that you can implement right away. Um, why you don't want to be your client's friend. And this was a huge light bulb for me that went off pretty early on. And why you need to sell and get over yourself when it comes to you putting out your videos and, and your other content. And also how to approach a daily writing practice and why that is necessary. So listen to this podcast. Let me know what you think. And you can connect with Dave at dtpennington.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am sitting down with someone who I've known for, gosh, Dave, how long Forever. have we known each other? Eight years? Forever. 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 We, uh, we shared the womb at one point. <laughs> yes, we did. We yeah. are brethren. And in <laughs> we've known each other in different capacities, um, but I'm currently working with Dave Pennington um, as a copywriter, um, unbeknownst to me, a writing coach and fellow entrepreneur. And I thought it would be valuable to have him on the podcast today simply because we do talk a lot about entrepreneurship and what that looks like. So if you are an entrepreneur, you have your own business, I do believe you're going to benefit from today's podcast. So I'm going to start by having um, Dave introduce himself. And can you just can you tell us about what it is that you do? I know this is a loaded question, but in terms of your yeah. career, your business, what is it that you do? First off, hell of an introduction. No pressure at all. Dear Lord. <laughs> I hope they're getting something out of this today. Let's do it. Let's make some content. Um, yeah, what do I do as a career? Uh, it, basically, if it involves a written word, I try to annoyingly involve myself with it as much as possible. Um, that's kind of priority number one for me. Uh, priority number two is who wants to pay for the written word. That's where I go. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of just the same with everybody. You know, you have a thing you love doing. Great. Who wants to pay me to do it? Um, you know, entrepreneurship is little more than what prostitution. <laughs> but uh, you get to keep your clothes on sometimes. Uh, yeah, so my, my primary uh, focuses over the last couple of years have been, you know, helping individuals, companies, brands develop their copy, develop their story through the copy that uh, they produce purely to get people to buy into their nonsense. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what uh, what it is. And then and in the last year, I've focused a lot more on coaching uh, coaching non-writers to be better writers. I won't coach people who consider themselves writers because they, I don't think they actually want to get better at anything. 
but uh, the people who don't really consider themselves writers, um, you know, like yourself, perhaps, or, or somebody, uh, you know, in, in a completely non-related field, uh, you know, we, we work it out and we figure out what kind of story are they trying to sell? Who are they trying to sell it to? Uh, and let's put together a very specific learning arc for them to develop their own writing skills and, and they're basically a, a passion for telling their own story. So unbeknownst to you, yes, that's what we're working on right now. Yes. I got tricked. I got tricked into yeah, being coached. Luckily, I'm a very coachable person. Um, uh, yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> now, there's a couple things I want to touch on that you that you said. Well, one in particular before we talk about what you were doing before this. You want to work with people who want to pay you for what it is that you do. And especially right now, so again, this is another podcast done during quarantine 2020, COVID, Corona 2020, world pandemic. A lot of people started doing stuff for free. And that just makes me cringe because that drives the value of what other people do down. And can you just talk about David, Dave, why? Why is it important to get paid for what you do? Or what else do you have to say about that? Well, sure. You know, I, I, and I, I keep an eye on the fitness community, um, not because I'm an athlete by any stretch of the word, uh, but you know, a lot of my clients work in, uh, you know, in fields like yours where they were doing stuff online, they were doing presenting the coaching online. And now we're in a space where you can't go to the gym, you can't go to a yoga studio. So everybody's offering an online yoga, fitness, workout, something. And a lot of them are doing it for free. And what you typically find is, yeah, you can put stuff out there for free, but you get what you pay for, you know, like as a, you know, I, I have not done a free yoga class. I have not done anybody's free Instagram yoga class thing uh, because I don't have any skin in the game, right? I, if I'm not going to pay for it, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not just going to go to the gym if it's free. No, I'm going to go to the gym because I dropped 200 bucks a month to go do it. Um, so when you when when you offer things for free, I actually don't think you are devaluing the you know, kind of the oh, how do I phrase this? You're not you're not exactly lowering the water level. What you're doing is giving yourself uh, you're, you're punching holes in your own boat, basically. So people like yourself, where you know you're put, you're still putting out a paid product, like people have to pay to get the Kylie Larson experience, whatever that is this month. Um, but then people who are out there saying, I'm doing this for free because everyone's having a hard time right now. It's like, okay, that's fine. But what happens when you can no longer do it for free? What happens when you say, hey, the class that was free last week, now it's a $5 donation or a $10 donation. Nobody showed up in the first place. Even fewer people are going to show up now. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely keep your, your prices up. Uh, as a writer, you know, and I, I get, you know, either free or very low ball offers all the time, even before uh, the world fell apart. It was, you know, every week I'd be chasing off somebody who was just like, hey, I need, a, I need you to rewrite my entire website for 50 bucks kind of thing. And, and I, I tell them all the same thing. Like, if, if you're only going to give this $50, you're better off doing it yourself. Uh, cause anybody you pay 50 bucks who, who accepts that gig, 
they're going to do a, just a terrible job. Uh, and you're going to have to spend another fifty, five hundred, five thousand dollars getting your website to the place you think it needs to be at. Um, and so I, I kind of, I'm very honest with people. And I think they appreciate the honesty. Uh, they never increase their budget, but then they go and, and some of them actually do do it themselves. Some of them just say, well, screw you. And they find someone who will take their 50 bucks um, and they squeeze out a crap product. You know, nowadays you really like now is more than ever is the time to actually invest in putting something good together because when we do come out of this, whatever the end of this, this Corona business looks like, um, like you want to be the thing that looks good and worth paying for. Otherwise, uh, you know, you're, you're just going to be down the sticks with all the other people with their free product. And it's like, okay, pile of free products. We don't need that anymore. I want the thing worth paying for. Where is that? So start building that now. Cause I think those days are going to be here, uh, before we know it. And that is the most optimistic thing I'm going to say today. <laughs> that is a fact. Well, one last <laughs> note on that. Um, also, for those of you who perhaps you are in the same industry that I am in or any sort of coaching business, if your clients aren't invested, they're not going to do the work. And so right. a higher price point gets a higher investment, not just in terms of finances, but in terms of willingness to show up and actually do the work. Um, because the worst thing you can, one of the worst things is like trying to coach somebody and they, they don't do it. I mean, you know how frustrating that is. I do. I do. Um, which is why like, you know, the, the, the writing coaching that I do now, like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a premium, you know, it's up there. It's, um, in, in, I require a lot of work from the people who paying the bill right like like yes my guidance is here but you know just like in in the fitness field your clients are the one actually doing the sweating right you like maybe you do it along with them or in a video or whatever but yeah it's like if you show up expecting me to coach you on your writing i need you to have written something before like whether it's a, a series of facebook posts whether it's a, an email to your mom for for whatever like give it give me somewhere to start because then I'm going to show you what, what muscles, you know, you need to work on what strength conditioning we need to do to get your writing back up, uh, back up to par. Um, and, and especially with those I coach, they come to me because like at a certain point, we, we kind of stop teaching people how to communicate and we just assume that they know it's like, you know, you're, you're in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you learn about, you know, the parts of speech, you learn how to put a sentence together, how to put a paragraph together, and then have fun, like, enjoy that for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, some people buckle down, they think, okay, this is what I need to do to make this paper in college really shine, because if, it, if I don't, I fail, and that's money out the door. Or all the way up to now, it's like, you know, people like yourself, people like everyone jumping in on the online fitness community, they realize, oh, I got to. I got to not sound like an idiot when I write this Facebook post. How do I do that? Right. And so suddenly they, they know what they need, but they don't know the path of communications to get there. Um, and so that, that's a whole can of worms. That's a, that's a series of podcasts that I'm never going to do uh, to really break that down, but yes, invest. Yeah, I will. It's, it's, it'll be my master class coming, coming this fall. Oh my gosh. Well, so before not. we dive into any other stuff like that, 
what were you doing before you went out on your own? Cause I know you used to work for somebody else. Like what did yeah. you, what happened to you after college? I wasted a ton of time. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, right, right out of college. I actually, um, I, I actually found, I went to school, English language and literature, applied linguistics. You know, I've got a piece of paper that says I know how to do something. <laughs> and yeah, right out of college, I actually found a job as a script writer for a, uh, a video advertising agency. And that was cool. Like the idea of it was cool, but the actual execution was the most banal, mind numbing experience where I'm putting together hundreds of 30 second video scripts in a day that go to a guy in a sound booth who reads them as voiceovers that then go to a guy who basically puts together a PowerPoint slide, puts it all together. That's your video. And that stuff went like, like they sold thousands and thousands of these videos. I never saw one of them. I don't know where they went, but they were out there. Um, and then after that, I, I, you know, I, I kind of just messed around a little bit. Like I quit there. I moved towns. I was like working with this weird music label company that didn't do anything, but it was like this, this old retired guy with a lot of older money was just like, I want to own a record label. Okay. And then he just like paid people just to be around. Like it, it, to that ended, I tried doing, I, I tried doing the freelance writing thing 1.0, which uh, happened right about 2010, 2011, and it was a wasteland out there. That was kind of the the era where, you know, everybody wanted thousand word articles to stuff into the Google bot to steal traffic to do all, whatever, and they they were they were ready to pay like a dollar for a thousand words, which is insulting, right? But there were people all over the world with enough of a grasp on the English language who would do it. So that, it, the market sucked then. So I went into advertising and the next five years, I, I just remember not liking it. <laughs> like whatever I did, I just, I didn't remember what, what it was, um, where it was all digital advertising. So, you know, when you're, when you're on YouTube and you just want to watch, a 15 minute clip of kittens playing around or cute dog videos. But first here's a 30 second ad from Acura. That was me. That was all the companies I worked for in those days. I had no idea it was Acura. I had no idea it was in front of a puppy video. I just knew there were numbers flying across the screen in the tunes of millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and it was dumb. It was pointless, you know, uh, it was a uh, it was an industry I eventually had to get out of once I got wise that, you know, the of the you know ten billion dollars advertisers spent into the industry, two billion of them were effectively stolen through fraud, through shady practices, uh, and every year the industry said we're going to fix this so that advertisers keep spending, and every year some kid. Uh, in some Eastern European country in a, in a warehouse somewhere comes up with a bit of code that had to steal another billion dollars. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But, you know, all the leadership said, nope, this is okay. We're going to fix this onward, onward, onward. And eventually uh, I just, I, I eventually checked out, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to ride it until they stop paying me. And then one day 
they did. And, uh, you know, they, they consolidated a department or into another department and I was, I was laid off in the, in yeah, freelance writing 2.0 got started on accident. <laughs> um, I told myself, I'm going to spend, uh, I'm going to spend six weeks aggressively looking for the next job in digital advertising. And while I do that, I'm going to take all this low hanging fruit on some of these freelance websites, write stuff here and there. And then six weeks turned into three years. And now we're here. Ta-da. That's the story. That's what happened. This is so funny. Like I was dying because <laughs> we, we have lived somewhat parallel lives in terms of going into advertising. So I don't want to make this about me at all, but it's so funny because I also started in advertising, but of course I started, well, back then they had a traffic department, which my job was literally delivering the mail and picking it up at night. Then I moved more into like account service, but um, we started the same way. And you think it's going to be cool. It's not. No. It's not cool no. at all. Can I, can I tell an aside story you can cut out of this? Please. It, no, I can't. It, I kind, can't of, it, it feeds kind of into me. that. There was a, uh, one of the companies I worked for had this really bitchin' downtown Denver loft. Uh, you know, it was, you know, it, it's like all of those companies in the show, Silicon Valley, right? This, is, this was that company, right? <laughs> where there was a lot of money flying around. Nobody knew where the hell it came from. Nobody really knew what anybody else did. <laughs> and this was, this was right around the time marijuana was starting to become legal in Denver, right? And uh, the recreational marijuana. And so the, all the news stories were going into the whole, what are you going to do when, like, like, like are you going to fire people who start doing weed? <laughs> and like, it's like, what are you going to do about it? So our... Our boss, our, C our CEO or somebody got roped into one of these news stories, but he thought the story was, look at this company I built. Isn't it coming great to work here and all these great things we're doing. But the reporter took the story into, you can smoke weed here. Like, <laughs> that's basically what he, they said. What's not necessarily true. Like, I'd say a third of the staff went out to their cars during lunch and just got ripped out of their mind. <laughs> before weed was legal like that's nothing new but in the like the following week the poor receptionist like could not pick up the phone because it was somebody saying can I have a job there because I want to work somewhere I can smoke weed all day we had people walking in off the streets no idea what we were doing like they had no idea what we did. I mean, I didn't know what we did, but they definitely didn't know what we did. Thinking we were an advertising agency, so they show up with a, with their folios of, I, you know, I dropped acid and drew all this stuff. Wouldn't it make a great ad campaign? And again, our poor receptionist is there. She's just like, like if you don't leave, I'm calling the cops. Like for weeks, this happened, and and eventually, like, like I, if you Google it, you can still find the story. It's hilarious. Oh um in hindsight but um yeah it's just it, it, was, it was just one of those companies where we never we never saw an ad like we never saw the actual ads we were doing it was all digital traded through code and uh you know advertising dollars went one direction personal data went the other direction and we just kind of sat in the middle taking about 30 percent of everything so that's 
That's so yeah. crazy. So yours was like the Silicon Valley environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mine was straight up Mad Men, but it was. Oh, we de- we definitely had that too. We we were. I'm surprised we didn't get shut down for sexual harassment. Oh, on the it was daily. like. Yeah. I mean, I won't say much more about that, but when I was watching Mad Men, I was like, oh my gosh, I lived this. You're not that old. (laughs) But that's what's so fucked up about it, because it was in the 2000s, not the 70s. Mm -hmm, mm Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So all of that happened. Eventually, I I worked my way out of that world and uh, yeah, for the last three plus years now, I've just kind of been doing a full-time freelance, you know, work from home, mm-hmm. pick my own projects kind of thing. And so here's the other deal, you guys. You're, you're making it work. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some months it works so spectacularly well, they should put me in jail. Uh, <laughs> and then other, then other months, I'm fine. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of what you do when you're in the, when you kind of hang your own shingle just like things ebb, things flow you just kind of ride with it um one thing i like about it is you know when i was working full with other companies I, i'd have about an eight month limit to whatever i was doing right mm-hmm. if i was working with a company and about eight months in i'd just be like i'm done i don't care like whatever i was doing even if i started really strong eight months later didn't care so I'd either have to find another thing to do within that company or go to a completely different company. So my resume is one of the ones that like HR people look at and go, uh, why did you move around so much? And it's like, truth of the matter is uh, I'm bored. Like I get bored very easily. So now, you know, I'm, I'm working with, you know, five, six different clients at any one time. And it, it's th- the same is true. You know, six, eight months, I'm kind of tired of working on certain projects uh, but by that point, we can wrap it up and leave amicably, and I can open up to do something else for the next six months. Uh, so I plan on doing that uh, in eight-month increments until I die. So. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Been working with Dave for four months. Four down, right. four to go. Clock, clock's ticking. <laughs> so, I mean, let's talk about that entrepreneurship then. What's your take on it? Like, Shoot. what do people need to know about it? Is how do people know if it's right for them? Clearly, some months are great, some months are not great. I'd say if if you're sitting there thinking, "Ah, oh, man, that would be such a nice hmm, man," I I would love to do that. Uh, it's not for you, at all. It's this this is like not the sexiest thing ever. You know, like right now we're on a podcast, and yeah, we got a video chat going, but. We don't know what's going on underneath the desk. Like we're both pantsless right now. Pantsless. Absolutely. COVID twenty twenty, no bra, no pants. <laughs> oh my god. Oh lord. Uh, it because it it it's you you do everything right, and uh, when you when you work with a company, you know you're hired to do one, you know one cubit of thing, right? That's your job because there's somebody else that takes the phone calls. There's someone else that does the sales that does the accounting, that handles the insurance, that handles the taxes. Somebody else has that. They hire other people to do that. When you're on your own, yeah, that's all you, right? And so you think, I would love to, especially in the writing field, everyone thinks, I would love just to quit and just to write all day because it's beautiful. Two things about that. One, um, you're not writing all day. I spend on a good day, uh, about only about two hours actually pounding keys. Everything else is, you know, looking for the next project, 
figuring out an invoice, chasing down payment for stuff. Yeah, it, it's a nightmare. And two, if, if you, especially if you go into writing, like there's no, there's no romance about this at all. You know, everyone thinks, oh, I want to be a freelance writer. And they all think of the kid from the movie Almost Famous, ah. where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a freelance writer. I'm going to chase around a rock band. Like, that doesn't really exist um, ever. So that, and, and when, <laughs> I guess the point I was trying to get to is like, once you have your entire schedule open to write, the last thing you want to do is write stuff and you get stalled out and, and you know, most of the time you're not writing the, the thing you think you'd be writing or you're putting together copy or content for a project that you care just enough about to get paid but like if, if the check wasn't there you wouldn't care about it um but you know in, in the same light you know it's good because you do have that room and that flexibility and that freedom where if you do wind up in a project that you don't like um you do have an out that's not going to be all of your income going out the window. You know, it's like, okay, I don't like this project. I can put aside one fifth of my income to work on the stuff I do like, and then go chase down the next thing that I'm going to like. Uh, and then in all of that, also telling myself, I'm going to finish a novel and, and I'm going to do a stage play and I'm going to do all this great creative work. Um, someday, someday, Some, but yeah. You know, mostly it's if if you think it's romantic or easy or, or you know it's going to solve all your problems like no like it's harder it's a lot harder than uh, anybody puts it out yeah and uh, anybody anybody who's trying to sell you a course that says otherwise you know I mean I've I've said it before it's all over my Instagram don't buy the course do not buy any course that says do this and be on your way to earning X number of dollars a month. Uh, 99.999% of them are absolute bullshit. So save your money and, and you know, cause you're going to need it when it comes time to pay your taxes. So yeah. save that money. Well, yeah. we're, well, you know what? We're going to keep this on a positive note today. No tax oh, talk. Right. No, no tax, tax talk, talk today, please, because I just realized what day it is. So yeah, it's tomorrow. Better. I will be threatened to get divorced <laughs> again because <laughs> my, I don't even talk about taxes right now. Um, yeah, we're, we're dealing with that too. <laughs> um, real quick on that too. There are, there are so many parallels to what we do and I don't know why, because we do totally different things, but oddly enough, it's so the same. I, if you are doing what I do and you're like, Oh, I'd love to stop teaching so many in-person classes and move my thing online. I'll have so much more free time. I don't want to scare you away, but I just want to let you know you won't. <laughs> You do not have, like, people think, oh, you just work out in your basement all day long now that the gyms are closed, or you just work out and make videos. No, is not what I do all day long, and it's just, I, I want you to, I want you to start your own business. I want you to be an entrepreneur if you want to do it, but I want you to be fully informed because it is a job. You have to treat this as a job, probably more so than it is another job, because you only get paid if you work. You don't get paid no matter what. There's no salary here. It's you. And if you're really yeah, would, driven. Would you, would you fire yourself? You know, like, would you keep yourself on the payroll if you saw what you were doing? Um, that's a question I ask myself three times a day, probably. It's just like, are you about to get fired? Like, you let's be real. <laughs> um, yeah, because it is. It, it, it requires a lot more attention, especially like going back to what we were talking about before 
and like the free stuff, you know, putting free stuff out there. It's like, yeah, if you just want to record yourself doing yoga and putting that on the internet, then yeah, absolutely. Let that be free. Uh, but if you actually want to do the thing that people will pay for, then that's, that's like the behind the scenes. I'm sure your inbox is a disaster just like mine because it's all of the clients who have bought into your stuff asking a million questions on how the thing you do can help them better, right? So yeah, like do the free stuff. I, I put all sorts of free stuff out there. Uh, but the, the value that gets provided is, is the one, one uh, experience, which is why, you know, now that I'm doing individual writing coaching, I can do eight clients a month on that. Eight. Because anything more than that, and, uh, you yeah, know, then I'm back in a 60, 80 hour work week. And that's not what I signed up for. <laughs> exactly exactly but it will easily turn into that and of course there's mm -hmm. a time and a place for all that right i mean some days sure. some weeks you do gotta work 60 and 80 hours and that's fine but um just be informed and ex know what to expect so on that note of coaching other people you really do give out a lot of great tips and content it's valuable i stop and read all of it because mm -hmm. i get something from it whether or not I implement is one thing, right? But, um, yeah. But what, what, what are the big things that you feel people need to know? I, you know, the, the biggest thing I learned from you so far was don't write like you speak because people are not hearing it like you say it. So what are some other like big nuggets like that, that you could share with us? Yeah, you almost had it right. Uh, you, you don't write like you speak because people don't read how they listen. Oh, that's what it is. Right. Uh, and that is kind of the big one. I haven't said that one in a while. But um, yeah, you're, you're talking about all the stuff. Uh, Instagram is kind of my main platform. Uh, so go plug me there. Drop me Instagram, Dave Pennington, DT Pennington, whatever that is. Is there a link to this? I don't know. How I'll put it in the show notes. Anyways, yeah. That'll do it. Um, so, so find me there. And you know, that, to kind of build off of that idea of you know people... People don't read how they listen, so you shouldn't write how you talk because that is somewhere along the line, some quote unquote copywriting guru jackass said that and uh, with this idea of, you know, you should use a conversational tone because your audience will like it more. So just write how you speak, which is fine for your first draft. Because another thing I also say is nobody should ever read your first draft or your second draft. And frankly, if you're having anybody read something pre-third draft, you're, you're disrespecting everyone. So, uh, so yeah, your first draft, right, how you talk, whatever. But then there's different cues that kind of get dropped into that writing that don't make any sense. You know, your sentences start looking really jumbled and they sprawl on, you get run-ons, you get, you know, clips and it's a mess to read. So, you know, it may, you may feel great because you get a lot of stuff out on the page and you may be proud of what you think and, and, and you'll read it over and it makes perfect sense because you wrote it. But then when you hand it to somebody, it's a nightmare to read every time. Um, so yeah, second draft, you edit, edit that shit out, make sure your message is still the same. Third draft, you tighten it up and you start, uh, you start thinking, okay, someone has to read this. And when they read this, what do I want them to do? Uh, so that, that's kind of like the, my big one. And I, I go to war every day with people over that um, because it's, it's such a widespread common belief. They're just like, yeah, we have to, we have to, you, know, you have to do that. Cause then, then people will 
open your email and oh, it's conversational and fun and lighthearted. So then they're going to buy, they're going to click on your thing and you're, they're going to buy your product. And it's like, no, again, that's another thing I go down, go, I go downtown on it where you have this idea that people want to buy from you because you're, you, you talk to them like you're their friend. Like, let's be real. I, I have not bought into the lift to get lane. I will probably never buy lift to get lane. Um, because you're my friend, right? If your friend shows up one day to, to a house party, remember house parties when we all came to each other's houses and hung remember out? Remember the days. Remember those days and they show up and, and they start like selling Amway, you know, and they start dropping that pitch of just like, hey, you want to buy beauty counter? And it's like, I just, <laughs> the, the short of it is, you know, yeah, a friendly tone can, can establish trust to a certain point. But when somebody wants to buy into something, they do it because they trust you and they want to know that you're the authority on that thing that you're trying to sell. And if you're super friendly and casual and yeah, whatever, it's cool. Like, I'm not going to buy into that because you're too casual about it. Show some authorities, you know, nut up and actually get out there and tell people why, why you're the business on it, why you're the bees knees, the shit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and sometimes that's not friendly. You yeah. Know, that's not conversational. Um, when the takeaway I try to get people to change their mind about is there's conversational, which doesn't work because a conversation requires two mouths and two sets of ears, right? Conversation, conversational. Instead, how about conversational as this has to convert, right? So when we speak of, uh, you know, in, in the world of copywriting, it's just like what copy converts? Okay, that copy is conversational. If we have to go in that direction. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's super fluffy or friendly or serious or whatever, because at the end of the day, people are clicking and buying. People are clicking and buying. Yeah. That's what you want. Um, yeah. What else do I say a lot on Instagram? Dude, oh, love that. Yeah, go so ahead. So much stuff. I, 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 there's so much crap. I mean, I was talking with a buddy about the other day, and he's, he's starting a podcast. And he's just like, Dave, you should do a podcast. I was like, I post three podcasts a week and been doing it for like two years. They're Amen. Just, they just, they're just a minute long, right? That's, mm -hmm. And I don't have guests, and nobody sponsors me. Uh, and I think more people, I think more podcasts should be like that. Um, I ain't got no sponsors. Uh, okay. Okay. Brought to you by Anchor and, and some betting company and some boner pill company. Yeah. Just but if drop Monster those in there. wants to sponsor me. Monster wants to. Oh, God. Well, I want to talk about this real quick because I also know people have a hard time selling and they have weird relationships with the word selling. I don't want to sell. I just look, I have, I have that too sometimes, but it's like, you want people to convert. Do you have any words on being afraid to sell? Yeah. I mean, again, rolling back that whole, I want to do the entrepreneur thing. I want to start my own business thing. Uh, that's the first thing you got to get over is asking for money because believe it or not, this doesn't work unless people pay you, right? If you want to start a business, somebody's got to give you money at some point or else it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of almost divorcing yourself from the thing that you like just enough. So you don't feel bad about selling it. 
you know, uh, when I put out my first fiction collection eons ago, I felt so bad asking for money for it. Like I worked forever at it and then I put it out on, on Amazon Kindle. And I was like, I don't know, $2. And it's like, no, dude, should have been 10. It should have been 15, you know, as hard as I worked on it. It's like, like that, that's, that's kind of the, the value of that work that you have to realize. Like, imagine you were still in that full-time business. How low would you get paid? Would you have to get paid before you're just like, fuck this, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, if you're working, like you're, you're not going to care about it. If it's, you know, 10, 15, whatever bucks an hour, you're just, eh, who cares? Yeah. But if you're putting time and energy and effort into creating a thing that you want the world to experience, because you're the only one that can do this thing in the way that you do it. That's valuable. That is damn valuable. And if you're afraid of selling it, double your price. That's what I say. Like whatever it is, it's too low, double your price. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that helped, but that's kind of what I think about. It's like, no, this is, this is fucking great because nobody else, like, like they're trying to buy it from me because somebody else isn't selling it to them. Mm -hmm. So get, get over that. Yeah. Otherwise the entrepreneur thing doesn't work. Yeah, two points there. Um, it was it was explained to me a while ago. Like, I do believe that I have a mission and I have a purpose and all of that. And I'm sure you do too. You can't you can't fulfill your mission. You cannot fulfill your purpose if you're not getting paid. So mm -hmm. you know, if your pa passion is to or purpose is to help people in whatever capacity. You can't help the people if you're not getting paid. So you have to, like you just have to. And then the second thing I want to talk about is you said nobody else. Because yeah. I also see um, with my high performance stuff, people talking about, oh, somebody's already doing that. But it's not you, right? It's going to be different simply because you and I are different. We could offer the same services, but it's going to be different because mm -hmm. it's us. Yeah, no, I've, um, I, I, I was, I don't know if I was uh, let go from it or I walked away from a certain project. Uh, maybe it was mutual where uh, they previously had a writer they were working with who was super happy go lucky and, and she agreed with everything and, and made every concession. And, uh, and then she went on to greener pastures and I came along and it was, well, it was a full Dave Pennington experience, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm probably never going to tell you that you're right because you didn't hire me to tell you you're right. You hired me to fix your problems, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of contention there, right? So, but that's like people see the value in that for the most part, and uh, and so that's kind of what I lean into. It's like, you know, a little bit cantankerous and real, and I'm not going to fuck around and waste your time or money. We're going to fix your problem, mm -hmm. so let's fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and furthermore, like, if people want to give you money for the thing you're doing let them give you money for the thing you're doing. Cause that goes all the way back to the first thing we talked about the free yoga class. Like if people aren't buying into it, they're not going to do it. So give them a price tag. Be like, if you do this and you pay me the money, a thing is going to happen. Don't you want that to happen? Of course you do. Give me your money. So yeah. So what, what, what do I tell people who are too afraid to ask for and just fucking get over yourself or bail on this and go get a job. Like, yeah. otherwise, otherwise this will eat you alive. It's yeah. the brave new world we're in. Yeah. It, I, I love this because I'm constantly telling people to get over yourself, especially with like 
you talk about in the group that you help um, admin, uh -huh. random talking videos, Facebook lives, get over yourself. People don't care about you. They're not remembering what you said five minutes ago, let alone yesterday. So just get it out there. Get yeah. over yourself. That's, that's one of my um, kind of landmark principles is nobody cares. Like no one cares. If you sign up for my email list, plug that. Uh, like you get, you get a couple of emails automated. The first one is, hi, I'm Dave. And I'm here to tell you that nobody gives a shit about the yep. thing you're doing. Right. So, and, and not, and not to kind of knock you down on it, but the idea is nobody cares. So stop worrying about it and just make the thing you're going to make because no one cares. No one cares. No one cares until somebody gives a shit because it's the thing that they were looking for And Holy God, you have it and they want it that's your customer focus on that and fuck what everyone else thinks you know they're not your people like no one cares i will say and you're helping me through this i'll get the every now and then an unsubscribe on my email oh, and no. it hurts I, i'm like who is this and i'm like oh nancy how could you we've been together for eight years but but, but how much money has nancy given you exactly that's what you're done Yep. No dollars. She never was. And, and frankly, she's just helping out your, your open rates and, and all these little metrics you follow on MailChimp yeah. or whatever. So yeah, if somebody unfollows, somebody unsubscribes or blocks you or whatever, like that, that's of all things a sign that you're moving in the right direction. Right. Now, if everybody bails, oh, okay, then maybe pull it back, see what you did. Um, and that, that's kind of another thing I, I consulted with another guy about a year ago, um, where he just asked like, what if everybody left? What if all of your follower counts, all of your, uh, your, your subscribers, your client, what if, what if you put something out there and everybody just said, fuck Dave, he's done. I, you know, what if you were canceled? What happens? What do you do then? Well, then you, then you have nobody watching you and you can do whatever you want and start building up the truest, most authentic thing you can because you're not worried about people watching. There's nobody there to care, much less having nobody will care. So go do that. And that, that kind of shifted everything for me. I was just like, man, you're right. Fuck yeah, it. We'll just make what I was going to make. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a new beginning. Yeah, because th that's that's the worst. What's <laughs> what would be worse, <laughs> like having zero followers and being able to start over, or having to put on a mask every single day and change your voice? Yeah, no, there was a there was a story on it's about some lady on Instagram who had like eight million followers, and she was trying to launch her fashion brand, and uh, and then she put it out like go go and pre order this stuff so we can do a run of whatever in like 8 million followers and she couldn't meet her run minimums of like 25 t-shirts. It's like, all right, if you got, if that's your case where you, you have that much attention, but you can't get people to buy into your shit, then you're clearly doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no one cares. Don't pay attention to your numbers. You know, th there's one or two numbers you have to pay attention to, like, you know, the money that's coming in and the money that's going out. And that's about it. Like, mm -hmm you know, how many Instagram followers you have, how many people like you on Facebook, like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, those numbers. You, you have an audience, you either convert that audience or you find a new one. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. The one last thing I'd like you to, to talk about mm-hmm. is this, this daily writing practice. Sure. Why, who needs to do this? Why is it important? I, I'd say anybody who wants to do anything should be doing this, right? We, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, when you, when you think daily writing practice, they start thinking of books like The Artist's Way, and they say, do three, three pages of writing in the morning before anything, whatever, right? Whatever your process is, you have to be able to sit down and put either pen to page or, you know, write in a, in a you know, a, a word file or whatever, 20, 30 minutes, an hour a day, every day. And whatever this writing is, needs to be different from the thing that you need to get it written, right? So when you're sitting down, you're not drafting a blog. You're not coming up with an email or social post or whatever. You're, you're just writing crap. It's, it's pre-first draft crap. Like, it, it's garbage, right? And you're doing that every day, every day, every day, a week, a month, a year. Because what you're doing is you're telling your brain, hey, Look at this space you have to do stuff in. Like you can, you can do things here. Mm-hmm. So if you keep telling your brain, hey, it's time to sit down and just write crap, it will do that. And then that crap is useful to your head because it, it starts rationalizing the stuff that you thought you could do in your brain. Because I don't know how your brain works, but in mine, everything is infinite and everything is possible. People can fly and everyone's a millionaire and you can do whatever you want. There's no limits in your head. But the ideas that you actually want to have, like bring into the world, the world is very real. There are limits. There are things you can and can't do. That daily writing is that conduit that takes the infinite and brings it down to scale. And then you're reading it, you're going back over, because that's the point. You're just supposed to go back over the stuff from last week, last month. And, and then your brain's just like, okay, here's this idea. Let's keep working on this. And then that's that's where the mushrooms that you can eat grow, right? And it comes out of the shit and you clip them and you can eat them. And maybe you put them into a pasta and you start uh, selling that dish out to other people, right? But you don't get that thing that you can sell unless you have this shit on the page to go there. I don't know. This analogy went out of control a little bit, but um, it is a, you have to give yourself that time every day just to sit and let your brain just do a thing, whatever it is. Um, I mean, I've been writing daily for over a decade now, and there's not really a process anymore because by the time I, I'm, I'm there and I'm in front of a page, stuff's just going. It's just, I don't have to like, there's no blocks. There's no, oh, what should I do? It's just going. Uh, and then at a certain point, I have to stop because I do need to create a, a thing that works for people. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't get that unless you do do it daily, right? You're, you're working that muscle. You're clearing things out. Uh, just like going to a gym, like you're not, you don't get really good at, I don't know, a gym thing. What's a gym thing? A burpee? Is that a gym thing? No, like, you don't let's, really, let's say, <laughs> let's use a deadlift. <laughs> All right, a deadlift, right? I mean, if, if I could get up right now and try to deadlift 300 pounds, I'd be in the hospital. Like it's the same thing with like, if you sat down and tried to write a novel today, it wouldn't happen. But you give yourself that 20, 30 minutes a day, every day, your brain starts to understand the language a little more. Your ideas start to simmer a little more so that even when you're not writing, your head's still working on stuff. 
So that way, when you do need to sit down and write that blog or that social post, it comes out a little smoother. You know, it's, it's that, that lift happens a little cleaner and you're able to do, to do more in less time. So, yeah, but you don't get that unless you, unless you do the daily stuff. Do you consider that, um, a meditation for yourself? If I, if I have to, sure. Uh, I'm like, I'm the anti-productivity person, right? I don't do the, the meditation. I don't get up and run a 5k every morning or eat a super smoothie or whatever. Like, but and it, it's it's kind of the anti-meditation because in, in the meditation, you're supposed to let the thoughts go, I guess, unless I did the wrong meditation. But you, know, you sit there and you let the thoughts go and you're calm. It's like, this is like, no, here's your thoughts. Like, let's get into them. Let's, let's write them down. Let's, let's get them tangible so that you can start doing a thing with them. So it, it's, it's meditation in that I definitely give it time every day. Mm-hmm. But um, my head is not any clearer afterwards it's, sure, it's a little, sure. little more chaotic yeah I didn't know if it like gave you doesn't sound like that necessarily gives you peace of mind Do you no I have no I have no peace of mind <laughs> no peace of mind <laughs> I'm usually at the end of my third cocktail before I find a peace of my mind it's usually on the floor so <laughs> no this is good and you know it's just like anything <laughs> if you want to get better at it you have to mm-hmm. do it yeah. all the time yeah, you know, every everyone I coach, it's like the two things you're now doing. Mm-hmm. If you even if you don't consider yourself a writer, it's like two things you're now doing is you are writing every day and you are reading everything. Like you are adding ten different books to your reading pile now. Like not just the stuff you like to read, but the stuff you hate to read too, because mm-hmm. uh, you have to you have to see how other people are writing. Yeah. So true. Oh man, this is, this was really great information and I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time sitting down with me, Dave. Oh, I really appreciate like everything that you do. Um, cause it's not on my radar, right? This is why people, we have to have coaches, <laughs> yeah. you know, and if you want something and you don't want to find the most affordable writing coach either, <laughs> you also don't want to find the most affordable nutrition coach. Like you get what you pay for. Well, I mean, you can find affordable for sure. Maybe not the cheapest. Yeah, that's a better word. See, yeah. he's a copywriter, you guys. I'm not. I'm just a gal who hosts a podcast. Everything, everything's affordable to people. Every, it's just what can you afford? Yeah. But yeah, you don't want a you don't want a cheap guy no. for sure. <laughs> it's so true with anything. Oh mm-hmm. well, we could talk forever, um, but I'm gonna wrap it up. Do you have any other final thoughts that you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean. I'm always, always trying to tell new stories and, and find new ways to help people, you know, create the stories that they want to tell, whether it's to sell a thing or just, you know, set their own mind at ease. Um, I'm always, always trying to find resources and share those resources and learnings to, to folks, whether it's free on my Instagram or whether you, uh, you know, pony up and, and want to dive deep with some coaching, we can do that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll put, I'll put links to your, to your stuff in the show notes. And also when I share awesome. the social, um, because he is extremely helpful. He knows what he's talking about clearly. And I really enjoy working with you. Oh, oh wait. Um, I enjoy working with you too, Kylie. <laughs> Am I your favorite client? 
hey, is the podcast over yet? <laughs> is- <laughs> it doesn't matter. I tell myself I'm the favorite client. This is what makes me. Always. You have to. You have to. Oh. When, you, when you send the check in the mail, that's what you have to say. Otherwise, yes. you get the stamp. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Like I said, I'll link you up with thank everything, you. and um, we'll talk to you very soon. Fantastic. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in today. You can connect with Dave at his website, dtpennington.com, where you can learn more about what he is all about. Sign up for his emails. Also, one of my favorite places to connect with him is on Instagram. His Instagram handle is dtpennington, and I know you're going to find his posts extremely helpful.